the Things We Do podcast, a podcast about film, television, life, culture, mental health, and all of that fun, jazzy stuff. Today, um, I've got my special guest, my friend Macy. Hi. Hello. You can knock the table. It will. I will hear it. Okay. <laughs> you're just cool. like trying to move around and you're like, oh, what do I do? <laughs> um, so, thank you for coming on thanks, board. Thanks for having me. I'm. I'm yeah. It's been, well, it's, it's just starting. So, let's hope we're in for a <laughs> yeah, rock and roll time. Yeah. <laughs> I was about to say it's been fun and I was like, we have just started. Like, we had a, we had a 20 minute conversation prior to this and it was just like, <laughs> that was fun. But I was like, we have not started the podcast. No. Um, so just tell. Uh, let, let's um, start off with tell us a bit about yourself and who you are and what you do. Oh yeah, well I am a uni student at the moment. I'm studying public health and epidemiology, and I'm also a creative person. I guess is the best descriptor. I like modelling and acting, um, and I have a disability called dysautonomia. Um, two different kinds: POTS and NCS, and now. I'm going to teach you how to pronounce it because they're <laughs> really big words. So POTS stands for Postural Orthostatic Tachycardia Syndrome. Um, it's a type of dysautonomia and it basically just means whenever I change positions, my heart doesn't deal with its shit very well and decides to just go go wild, go a bit unpredictable. So heart rates are fun and then ncs is neurocardiogenic syncope and that's just like a really fancy word for fainting um yeah that's <laughs> I, me i love that you need a fancy <laughs> word for fainting it's like she fainted now nah, there's a fancier word we can do with this it's called syncope it's not fainting. <laughs> oh, it's what amazing. the hermione granger like <laughs> yeah. um yeah i think also though with uh with both of those things is it's very much you know not when I first heard it, I didn't know anything about it. Yeah, and it's still like it, it's not new though. It's, no, it's been around for a while. Like these these conditions. So is it very yeah. new in terms of like stuff that you found out about when you were diagnosed with it as well? Um, yeah, I had no idea what it was, especially when I was getting diagnosed because they thought I had like six different things before they decided on like, oh wait, it is actually this. Um, yeah, and so I'd never heard of it before, but. The funny thing is, it's um, it's actually pretty common. So, I think it's one in a hundred teenagers has POTS. Oh, really? Yeah, because it's like a thing that comes out when you're a teenager. For some people, it goes away. For some people, it doesn't. But um, yeah, one in a hundred teenagers. So, if you know someone that faints a lot and they're a teen, they might have POTS. That's just <laughs> just fun just. Times. just uh... Just going out to being like, oh, you fainted. Pots. Pots. Like, yeah. It's like when someone coughs. COVID. Yeah, like, exactly. You just do, you're quick <laughs> diagnose. Like, just type in a Dr. Google. They'll tell you everything. Uh, yes, of course. Just don't. Please, please. If you're a yeah, sensible no. person, go get professionally medic. Like, go to your doctor. Go to your doctor. Um, that's, so, that's so good, though. Like, I think, you know, not in terms of, like, diagnosis. Yeah. But obviously, in, in terms of just knowing that it's quite common... Does it, did that put you at a little bit of ease? A little bit, yeah. I think because it exists on kind of a spectrum, it's going from pretty mild to pretty severe. So, like, when you when you have it mild, you might need to take a medication. A lot yeah. of people can just drink water and then it goes away. It's like, wow, magic. Um, and then severe. The most severe I've seen is one of my friends and she can't get out of bed. She can't even lift her head up without, like, fainting. So... 
that that's the kind of spectrum that they were dealing with. So when you go to a doctor and say like, oh, I'm a bit dizzy sometimes, where you fall on the spectrum can be a bit like, yeah, they don't know what's going on at all. God. Yeah. That's <laughs> so, so like. It's a big range of things that can happen with it. So that's the hardest thing about it. And I think there's like, and I th- also, you know, um, the fact is you have to have a wheelchair yeah. as well as just, and it's, I think the thing, <laughs> <laughs> so it's like every time, I remember you first explaining to me this, like when you rock up, when you're an actor and yep. you're doing modeling as well in a wheelchair, everyone's just like, well, that's not what she looked like in the profile yep. pitch. So that must also be like explaining this to people who have no comprehension. Yes. Automatically, everyone thinks people in wheelchairs are paraplegics mm-hmm. or anything like that. That's not the case with you. You still have the ability to move. It's just as a, you know, just if you get tired. Yeah. So it's like, it's always um, a bit anxiety inducing, I guess, because I like feel like I'm kind of catfishing when I give people my portfolio and it's like <laughs> these pictures of me standing up and then I show up on the day in a wheelchair and they're like, oh, oh my God, like what happened? And then I'll stand up and be like, all right, I'm ready to go. <laughs> and they'll just be like, what? the hell is going on (laughs) it's like no i did not break my legs but they still work they're just you know in case i get tired it's a Uh, miracle oh my god she's the next jesus (gasps) um don't tell them don't tell them keep it under wraps but i i think that's so like in terms of everything as well because your your social media presence is very on point with it Mm. you're very much like here's my you know Uh, diagnosis but also this is what i do actor model yes so i think everything in like that it it makes you very much like open book kind of here's a quick explanation of who i am yeah that's kind of what i hope for yeah i guess um i think it's yeah it's like hard when you have a disability as well because a lot of the time people will lump you into like that is your whole identity yeah and you are disabled and that's it. And it's like, well, no, I actually have a lot of other personal interests apart from my wheelchair. So I, I think it was really, <laughs> it's so true. And I think it was really interesting because when I watched the ABC thing that you did, yeah. which I really liked, it's very educational. Go and watch yes. this little snippet on Macy. Um, but I think also one of the things they didn't really show you moving <laughs> much about other than in the wheelchair. Yeah. And I was like... Mm. <laughs> I was like, it's my only gripe with the whole video is like, okay, we'll show you actually walking without, you know, the w- yeah. wheelchair, like actually show you moving because that will show people that you are not bound <laughs> to, yeah. to like, you are not Darth Vader where uh, you're like bound to the suit and yeah. that's like your life. Pretty uh, much. I, I think, yeah, I don't know. I just. <laughs> how did that, <laughs> that even day. come about? Like that um, video? Oh, they think there was an application process where they wanted some people to write an article for ABC for International Person with Disability Day Oh, people with disability day. And um, so I applied for that and didn't hear back anything. And then months later, they're like, oh, do you want to do a video? We got your application and it's pretty cool. And I'm like, oh, I don't know who you are, but sure. Um, <laughs> <laughs> who are you, random yeah. producer out there who yeah. never contacted me before, but sure. Yeah. So that was just, that happened. Yeah. I, I think that's so... Um. That's so bizarre. I know. <laughs> it's just, it didn't even sound cool. And it is cool because it's, it, it, it I, like, if you want to go and check it out, it's on my Facebook page. Um, it's also on Macy's Facebook page. Yes. Um, but it, 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 it's also very, like, 
I think when I first watched it, I was like, this is also surreal. Yeah. A little bit surreal. It's well made. Like, it's actually quite nice and short. Yeah. Um, but do you feel like, from a perspective, did it? do you feel like it explained enough about it? Or do you think it felt like a really short, like, insight into it? It was definitely much more of a short insight. I think it was... It's a lot more for awareness, basically, of just what the condition is. Yeah. Like, this is a thing that exists. Thanks, bye. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I roll off into the distance. Yeah. Bye. See ya. Um, um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, it, <laughs> I did like that that the last shot is you look, it was just, like, escaping on the wheelchair, and it's just like, oh, right, we put a bit of heist movie um, music in there and just, like, yeah. let it go. Get me out of here. Um, that was it. I... I think, though, that's, you know, like, um, anyone who actually has a disability out there, it doesn't matter what, you know, what the disability is. I think there is a, it's changed now a lot since mm. I was a kid. Yes. And, um, but even then, like, in high school, um, how was that sort of like, how old were you when you were diagnosed? I was 17. Oh, okay. So, so quite late in your teens. Yes, actually. I had a lot of symptoms, like, Pretty much is when I was 10 or 11, but yeah. it was kind of just like a little mystery thing. Like, oh, Macy's just a bit weird sometimes. <laughs> um, <laughs> we better put that <laughs> under the category of just strange and odd child. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And then it started getting quite severe when I was a teenager. Um, yeah. And when I was 17, that was a bit like, oh, this is actually like a thing you need to be in hospital for right now. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, okay, okay. I Nothing beforehand. They were <laughs> like, mm. No, this uh, this this seems like a normal yeah. strange child. Well, condition. I mean, with the symptoms that I had when I was younger, it does seem very unconnected until you have the diagnosis yeah. of it. So, like, I would sprain my joints a lot. What? What does that have to do with your heart? Apparently, a lot. Um, <laughs> the blood or the, the oxygen? connective tissues. Oh. So, if you have really loose connective tissues, I also have like joint hypermobility. Um. Yeah, so the connective tissues in your body, if they're a bit loose, if your joints dislocate and sprain all of the time, hmm. that can also apply to your veins. So ah. the, your veins are really stretchy and loose and that doesn't efficiently pump blood. So it can cause POTS and dysautonomia. And yeah, it's this big web of like mysterious things that happen that turn out to just be one Thing. <laughs> can, I, can I just say, doctors have a field day when they're just like, oh, oh, yeah. what do you have? I don't know. It could be a hundred other things, but you know, yeah. let's let's find out. It's a puzzle <laughs> that I'm looking forward to solve. I reckon every doctor is like a sadistic motherfucker. Like, mm. I love medicine and I, I will say a lot of nice things about yeah. science, but everyone who works in the science field must be as sadistic as fuck. Like, oh, they're just yeah. kind of thriving off people's like misery and going, <laughs> what can I discover today? Ooh. Um, A little bit. <laughs> I, I, so I think also what's interesting to me because I, I have a neurological mm. condition, which the funny thing was growing up, um, for me, I grew up in the nineties and early two thousands. So when I was diagnosed at five with epilepsy, uh, mm. which is short wave spike epilepsy, uh, it's a very fancy rare term. Ooh. Um, and I remember my doctor at the time uh, Dr. Rao came in and I was five years old. I'd had an epileptic fit like in the middle of the night and my mum woke up and was like, oh, okay, we've got to take our child to the hospital. This is kind of like eyes open, freaking out, don't know what's happening. Let's take him to the hospital. So they did. I didn't apparently speak for, I think, like 24 hours because the connection between my brain 
and the speech centers were not communicating. So it was mm. like, I was silent. But, oh. And I think it was like, my mom was like, well, one, this is peaceful. But two, I'm actually <laughs> like terrified of what's happening to my okay. child. Um, and then, yeah, when he was, Dr. Rao was the one who sort of diagnosed me and was like, hey, this is what he has. And he has attention deficit hyperactivity disorder as well. Mm. So bundle those together. It's a great time. And I remember that the pamphlets they gave out when I was in year one, mm-hmm. when I was probably I was nosed. So they gave out pamphlets to all the other kids and the pamphlets kind of tried to explain it in the most simple term where it's like, you know, if you, you know, he has a seizure, um, move all the objects away, you know, yeah. like... Um, Gotta love yeah, information pamphlets to five-year-olds. Yeah. <laughs> and it was just like the simple terms. But I remember my teachers at the time could not explain it to the life of them oh. um, because they were all like, um, you know, because when you say you have a neurological um, condition or, uh, you know, most of the medical term is neurological diseases mm-hmm. or anything like that, you actually, it's not physically a disease. It's just something different about your neurological, yeah. the way your brain works. And I remember all the kids being like, oh, my God, we can catch this. This is the worst thing in the world. So they spread out. And and I didn't have friends for, I think, years. Like, it was primary school was awful. Oh, dear. (laughs) But it was, like, I think for me as well, because when you have any neurological thing, it's like your development suddenly slows down. Yeah. So everything happens at a slower pace. Yeah. Which sucks. So they put me, they try to put me in special education classes and everything. And there are a lot of kids in there who have way worse conditions than you, like severe autism, um, Asperger's, um, and, you know, like just different things where it's like, okay, well, they, they've got clearly harder learning disabilities than yeah. I do. How, uh, yeah. but, and they also don't have any social connection. I think that's also something that. They used to say um, when your kid is difficult or, like, problematic, it's just a difficult child. You need to do yeah. discipline them harder. And it's like Ugh. my parents didn't have that mental health. They were just like, no, we need to find out what's wrong with them. Okay, that's like, good. <laughs> yeah, they had a good mentality. But it was very much like I appreciate doctors because I've gone to mm-hmm. so many over my course. Um, and I, 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 how is that? Like, I, I guess because you were diagnosed a lot later in life than I yeah. was. I had it like through my teens and mm. um, mine sort of faded out into my late teens. Yeah. Um, how was it for you going into guess more your late teens to, you you know, now yeah. with the whole going to doctors? Was it pretty common before you were diagnosed properly or is it? Yeah, yeah, well, actually I was going to the doctor so like a lot because there was just a lot of things like wrong with me like <laughs> that sounds bad I was always that kid that was like in sick bay after lunch because they were thrown up or like I don't know oh great signs yeah, yeah broke something something was wrong like I just if I lived in the middle ages I don't think I would have survived past 10 like I was just one of those kids wow you know yeah <laughs> yeah someone would have just been like mm. They're, they're doomed to die. Sorry, guys. You yeah, just let them, let them cock it. <laughs> um, I think it was really weird, especially around like 16, 17, because I spent a couple of months in hospital. Yeah. And then like over the course of my HSC, I just didn't go to school for like five, four or five months altogether. Wow. Okay. So that was really, really difficult, like especially with my learning, but like not seeing friends as often and kind yeah. of being a bit isolated was not great. Um, <laughs> yeah, so it's it was just kind of strange because it's like 
not only do you have this whole like teenager life, you have yeah. now like a medical life as well. Yeah. Like, it's like having an extra job, like all the different like medications. You have to take this on this certain time and like you have to rest now and you have to do like electrolyte drinks and physio and psychology and like all these different things. It's like just upkeeping another job basically. So makes you a very busy person. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> and <sighs> like, I guess going into a medical or like, you know, yeah. Was that something that you did purposely to understand your condition or was it just kind of like something you were also interested in? It was something I was really interested in like for a long time. I think especially growing up, I watched Grey's Anatomy so much. Oh my God. <laughs> so I was like, I want to be a doctor like that. Can, um, I, can I just say that uh, my partner watches Grey's Anatomy oh, constantly. Amazing. And, and I can't believe that show's been going for 17 seasons. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Me neither. I don't know how they keep getting renewed, but, uh, but I apparently love it. they do. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah. So that was like your key to go into like medicine was Grey's Anatomy. Too. Yeah, yeah. Well, I did um my first year of like nutrition and dietetics is basically just med school. Yeah. Um, and then I was like <laughs> going through uni, and I was yeah, you know, I did this assessment that would have been my job. Yeah. And I'm like, wow, that was the worst assessment of my life. <laughs> I don't want to do this anymore. So that's like moving to public health and epidemiology. It's the same kind of like you keep the same medical knowledge base, um, yeah. but without the like patient interactions and boring paperwork stuff. It's more like, ooh, statistics. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard anyone go, ooh, statistics, yeah. like, before. I've heard a lot of people like graphs, but yeah. statistics is another thing. Well, statistics and graphs, they're like they're like married couple. It's crazy. They are. I do love a graph, mm. like a nice graph where you, you know, and I, I will say this, I do like statistics. Yeah, it's so cool. I think it was like, um, I think when the pandemic started, I was mm. looking at always the statistics <laughs> oh, of like, and it was just interesting. Yeah. It's, I think... Um, like, everyone's like, oh, no, that's a really depressing way to look at life. And I'm like, no, but it's actually, like, if you look at the death rate, mm. apparently, like, the average death rate is every day. Like, mm. it's just, like, I think this person who dies almost every 30 seconds or something like that. It's a person yeah. born in every, like, 40 seconds or something insane like that. So, it's just, this world keeps populating and dying. So, it's yeah. like, we're fine. Pretty much. Um, I, I think that's so cool. And everyone's like, the pandemic is the worst. And I'm like, well, wait until you get the bubonic plague, <laughs> which still exists and kills 600 people per year. <laughs> Um, yeah. and, and everyone's like, oh, okay, COVID's like not that bad. I'm like, well, no, it's, you know, <laughs> we're actually quite a big population. I, I don't know. I'm very like, I'm very in and out about because COVID's mm. really bad in other countries. Yes. But here we are quite fortunate. Too. Yeah. It just comes up in pockets. But I yeah. also, um, I had one of my other friends, uh, on the podcast talk about it and he, his wife is a biologist. Oh, nice. Yeah. And she was saying that it's probably just something we're going to have to deal with a yeah. vaccine every year, like the common flu. Mm -hmm. So it's just, you know. There we go. That's yeah. life now. Sorry, people. I know. Uh, and I think everyone just thinks that we're going to go into this like steady decline and suddenly the world will return to normal. And I'm like, no, no, this is the new normal. We're just going to accept that. Honestly, I'm loving it. Like, I really hope the mask wearing culture stays because the thought of having someone like breathe on me now is just so disgusting. I'm like, Ugh, wear a mask, please. I, I think, <laughs> I think it's, do it. I, I like, I like the mask culture a lot. Yeah. I think it's quite nice. Not, you know, especially when you're indoors. Yeah. Like in a crowded area. I'm like, wear it. 
you know, I don't want your breath. I don't want your sickness. Just leave me alone. Yes. Um, so I'm with you on this. And I think it's also like something that doctors have been saying for years. Yeah. Well, other countries, like especially in Asia, they do wear masks like and just when you're sick, you just wear a mask and that's yeah. normal. Like my sister lived in Taiwan for a year and yeah, everyone just wears masks on public transport and Wow, shocker, Taiwan was one of the first countries to go to zero cases for yeah. COVID. It's like, Because they just whoa. ingrained it in their culture. I, and it's the same in Japan. Like, they're mm. really good with health. And um, it's just, yeah, you watch all the Japanese people here mm. um, or the Taiwanese people who live here as well, and they all wear masks. Yeah. They've just always done it. And I remember, like, probably like two years ago, I used to think yeah. it was strange that people were wearing masks. Now I have no judgment, and I'm like... You do you, and I will help do this as well. Good <laughs> on like, you. Good on you. Thank yes. you for actually being the smart people of the planet. <laughs> Us Westerners, we don't know shit. Oh. Uh, I think it's like, um, oh, this is also kind of like, uh, I think with diagnosis and everything, I really don't, I think other countries that are not Westerners have mm-hmm. a better understanding of like how uh, a lot of health system works and also mm-hmm. mental health and everything. I think Australia was pretty good with mental health but i think in terms of everything uh like it there was it was a, the culture had to shift yeah we had to like we still have that oh you know just cry and have a spilt milk and it's like well not really no, no. um <laughs> i think nowadays it's a great opportunity to get to know people better yeah. i think this is the best opportunity we've got where we really should actually deep dive into um, each other's lives and really get to know each other and not be feared by just looking at social media and asking, you know, questions that I think were deemed inappropriate because yeah. I th- this is my sort of two cents on the inappropriate <laughs> questions. But I think that there's no, there's like offensive asking questions. You don't want to ask anything offensive, but I don't think there's an inappropriate question where you can't ask and someone will just go, oh, look, I don't want to answer that. Yeah. That's a, that's a perfectly reasonable boundary to ask. Yep. But never feel afraid to ask questions. And a lot of people um, feel that it's they're afraid to ask questions and be a part of conversations. Do you, yeah. like, what is, what's, does that happen to you as well in terms of like people not wanting to ask you about con- your condition or just like yes. anything about you? Yeah. Kind of, it's a lot. I think a lot of people, ah, oh, it's depends on the age range. So, like the older generation, is it? Yes, yes. No, I um, a lot of people in older generations kind of still have that unspoken, like subconscious idea that like anything to do with disability is kind of taboo. Like, yeah, you don't want to talk about it. You don't want to talk to people with it. Like, you, it's just not something that you want to address because it has that like inherent negative connotation um so i always find it really awkward dealing with older people because me- <laughs> most of the time their reaction is like oh like good on you buddy like good job champ that kind of language wow. <laughs> it's like Okay, bye. See um, ya. <laughs> amazing. Like, they're just, yeah. they're, that's so flattering. Yeah, I know. Um, um, but with the younger generation, I think, especially because of the impact of social media, there's yeah. been a lot of like connection just with people who might not have had the opportunity to speak in like mainstream media. So yeah. there's so many disability rights advocates that are out there. Like, um, oh, what? I think her name's Jessica Helen. Nope, I can't pronounce her last name. But she she has pots as well and I love her so much. And she has this massive YouTube channel that just like blows up a bit with um 
awareness and people just watch her and like kind of realize that hey it's not so weird to talk about all of the time and you can actually ask questions and like yeah it's all about context like yeah if you've just met someone on the street and say why are you in a wheelchair that's a bit awkward please don't do that but if you're actually having a sit-down conversation with someone and like it's the right context I mean I don't mind being asked questions I can't speak for everyone but like yeah I mean I don't mind when people ask about it so it's not that awkward like don't make it awkward please it's like just someone staring at you going are you gonna ask the question yeah (laughs) I don't know I don't know if I should just ask yeah um I think that's very true as well because I remember I discovered um, there's a YouTuber who talks about ADHD mm. as well, and I discovered a lot of things that I um, remember sort of noticing when I was younger. But she was talking about stuff that when you're in your 30s, mm. and I was like, and I was listening to her and going, "Holy crap! There's still a lot of things that I do now that I didn't, I wasn't aware of that were part of still my condition." Yeah, and you know. Th- the funny thing was I don't take anything for it anymore and mm. I probably should take some like <laughs> something for the ADHD, but I take, a, I take um, medication for my anxiety. Yeah. But I remember for a long time, like my dad didn't get any help for his mental health. Mm. And then he decided to, after me and my brother moved out and my brother actively went and did stuff for his own mental health and his mm-hmm. own like, um, can, cause he had eczema and he just went to it. He, he had some like a, really bad eczema so he was just like getting yeah. that sorted as well and when that all happened um my dad i think sort of clued into maybe doing a little bit for himself and now he's he's much better at dealing with situations like he went yeah. and recently had a surgery my dad hates hospitals absolutely mm. hates them has biggest fear of needles and everything like this and he went to the hospital he had the surgery um and he is now so much better. And mom was just saying to me on the phone, you, you, she was like, you should be so proud of him because it was the calmest he's ever been in a hospital. And I was like, wow. well, you know, I really am proud of him. And I think that's something that from his generation. Yeah. And also, you know, they were born in the, um, you know, like they're both in their 60s now. So they were born in an era where it was li- shove it under the rug. Yeah, don't talk about it. Yeah, mental health wasn't a big. And like my dad has OCD. He yeah. um used to be quite severe, but now it's a lot better. But yeah, just the the things that I used to not understand about you know my dad and in terms of mental health and everything, I have a a better understanding of it now. And I think that's because mm. one, we're so social media present when it comes to conditions, mm. and I think there's a lot more people um uh who are in roles that are, you know when we were kids you never thought or when they were kids they never thought were possible yeah um especially because you know you know both of us are in the creative field yeah and i remember going to school and no one thought i could do anything or achieve anything yep um so and and you're doing modeling and acting like yeah how does how does that make you feel i think from all the kind of like we judgment that you got from like other kids yeah i think It was very empowering to like consciously make the decision to be like, you know what? Yeah, I'm going to just go do photo shoots for fun and like not kind of give a shit what people think about me. I think that was probably like one of the most empowering things I've done in my life. Yeah. Um, Yeah, it was a bit weird going from like and like adjusting my own self-confidence to be able to do that because I think before... 
I even thought of it as like a possible thing that I could do. It was always just like, oh no, I'm not good enough for that. Like, yeah. there's no way I could do that. And then like, it's just getting that shift to be able to like talk myself up a bit and be like, yeah, you know what? I can try that. I can actually do that. And maybe everyone doesn't hate me all the time. Wow, shocker. <laughs> like just being able to get that a bit under control is really fun. Yeah. And you've done it. Like your portfolio is really good. <laughs> um, Stop <laughs> it. <laughs> uh, but I mean, like also what I think, you know, I remember the first time we spoke and, mm. um, you know, it was about Talk To and everything. Yeah. Because everything, the, uh. my collection of people is always about Talk To. Yeah, we've got to uh. circle back to that. Um, it's very important. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I remember, like, just the level of confidence, you know, that you have mm. as well is just really, like, you know, good because I remember being 20 mm. and having none. Like, mm. I had no confidence in myself. I was really shy. I was very, like, insecure. So it's really nice seeing someone um, as young as you have a lot more confidence in who they are and especially in terms of, like, you know, owning everything that they've has happened to them. Yeah. Versus, you know, and I think that should be inspiring for a lot of young people because you're willing, like, every time I've gone, oh, we should do this or do this, and, <laughs> you know, the only thing is, like, um, you occasionally now work with children, so we can't, yeah. <laughs> we can't, we can't do certain things because, yes. um, you know, but it, it's one of those things that we're, <laughs> it's always about, like, um, I remember one of the concepts we were talking about and you were yeah. just like, I'm sad that I can't do it because it was, like, it was a good concept and I still want to do it at one day, but it will be, like, probably, like, a year down the track, to be honest. Yeah. Um, and... But I think that's always kind of fun when you meet people who are very like, you know, just leaps and bounds in terms of what they want to do. Yeah. And they're only holding back is where they are in the like physically in a career yeah. spot. <laughs> yeah, probably like best to keep my portfolio a bit more PG. Yeah, I mean um, for the time yeah, being. Yeah, for the time being. I mean we you know, the the Doctor is saying we you know, is pretty PG. Yeah. Oh that, I'm so excited. <laughs> I think I you get to play, like I'm not even gonna spoil what you play, but it's it's pretty cool. You yeah. get to you get to be an interesting character. Yeah. Uh, literally I think about like five seconds of screen time or something like I'm that. So excited. But it's still it's still so cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, keep an eye out for it. It'll um, be good. Yeah, I'll come out I'll come out uh, next year, which is it feels like ages away but yeah. we're filming it this year and i think it's one of those things that when you film something like these so mm. far in advance i mm -hmm. love that because all the still images come out so far yeah. in advance and everyone's like Ooh. yeah um but yeah it'll, it'll be really cool because we've done quite a few of them now and i want to keep them i think the shorter not yeah. long term um not, not long form but we're also doing, like you're being involved with some voice work that we're doing yes. um later down the track as well so already you know, like we're both nerds and huge nerds, yeah. but I think it's all already, it's like, you know, um, I think that's one of the things that, you know, never let anything stop you. Like, yeah. I, I think that's one of the sort of takeaways I go with any kind of thing. I remember early on, I, I used to not be good at writing or I used to not be good at these mm. things and I just worked at it. It was always working it. If, if it was slow at it, because I used to not read books because yeah. the way my brain was wired, I just took me forever. Now I listen to audiobooks and I listen to a lot of media. So it's just, you know. Audiobooks are the best. They're I so good. <laughs> yeah. They're so good. Like, do you have Audible or do you have like... No, uh, I usually just... Okay, so I used to have Audible and listen to audiobooks, but I'm now in like true crime kind of podcast. Oh, so, yes. Like my subscription ran out for that, but I'm like more on Spotify now listening to a lot of true crime stuff. I'm like, oh, this is so good. <laughs> so secretly inside you are a murderer, like wanting to listen to... Look, 
Maybe. You're a sadistic Maybe just a little, person, aren't you? Just a little bit. No. It's fine. It's, <laughs> um, the, the, like, analytical brain just yeah, I know. goes it's off. Like, it's, I'm li- one of the podcasts I listen to is called Morbid. Yeah. True Crime Podcast. Oh, and it, yeah. <laughs> it's so... Do you listen to that? I do. It's, it's so good. Um, but the... You know, the way they do, those two talk is, you know, one's like actually do, um, does autopsies for a living. So yeah. um, I think for her, it's very interesting to kind of cover a lot of these crimes because you're kind of going into great detail. And I yeah. love I love horror movies for the very reason that I find them just fascinating. Like, yes. But same with true crimes. And I remember explaining to my mom while I was listening <laughs> to these podcasts and she was like... Why? Like, that's so gross. And I was like, it's fascinating, though. Mm. Like, a little bit of me is just like, mm, now I know how to murder, like, ten people. Like, yeah. I wouldn't do it, but, you know, here's some facts. Oh, no. One of the ones I'm listening to right now is, like, Dr. Death. Um, oh, God. And it's like, oh, like, having to deal with doctors, it's like a bit, ooh, I hope mine isn't like that because it's about doctors that basically just malpractice for a living um, and, like, profit off being a bad doctor and oh yeah and there are a lot of them yeah yeah and so it's terrifying hearing these stories of like doctors that can get away with all of this stuff <laughs> but then it's like oh that's so cool like oh my goodness i can't believe that actually happened but oh dear i hope that never happens to me oh it's, it's and it's always like haunting when you hear the black markets kind of stuff yeah. and you're like well that's a and that's an awful experience but um it does happen in a lot of also um the it's the elements of where people get kicked out of the medical field because they've mm. done malpractice or anything like yeah. that, it actually does happen. Yeah. And a lot of people in different countries then run their own <laughs> hospital services and everything <sighs> like that. And it's just, it's really disturbing. Yeah. Like how funny that films that we watch are actually, there's always an element of truth yes. to it. And I think that people need to not just pretend that these films are fiction. They need to understand that everything has a truth to it yeah. and you need to learn that th- where the truth is and through a film. So, yeah, it's just, it's a very dark and disturbing world in terms oh, of the yeah. medical field. I'm quite, you know, I think we're very fortunate that we live in Australia. Yeah, where, where, <laughs> I know. Where the, at least the, the professionals are not mm. a horrible, horrible assholes who are, are taking advantage. High event. standards here. There are, we, we, we also get pri- um, private health care and all that stuff. Yes. So, a lot of, uh, you know, you and I are quite lucky in that regards yeah. to um, have a lot of our medical bills covered throughout the years. Definitely. Um, through private healthcare. But if we were in America, we'd be fucked. Oh, totally. <laughs> I don't think, because it's so hard because, um, like, especially with medications that I take, there's one that is like, for me right now, it's like uh, $70 a month. <gasps> And that's with a lot of like Medicare and yeah. uh, like disability pension um, rebates and stuff. So for someone in America, like I have friends with POTS in America and they just can't afford their medications. They can't afford to go to the doctor. They can't afford like different supports. And it's like, oh my God, how is this a first world country? Yeah. What? Um, I think... I used to have to take, like, I don't know how much my medications used to cost Mm. because my mum would pay for them. But it was like, (laughs) I used to have to take three every day. So it was like Eplum, Ritalin and Prednisone. And I remember just, God, like, I'm so glad I had all those. And I remember an early conversation with mum and dad of just how much, like, you know, when you have a kid who needs to go to the hospital a fair amount, it's quite a nerve-wracking and expensive thing. But I remember the amount of support that both of them, you know, I remember all the arguments they had about, like, <laughs> you know, 
Like every so often you'd hear an argument and you were like, well, okay, like looking back at that now, it's a difficult, you know, it was a difficult situation. So of course they were going to have a fight every so often. Yeah. But like being now, the, the amount of understanding they have and better understanding of conditions and yeah. stuff is just so good. Like, and also they just thank all the, uh, you know, doctors who did all the hard jobs. And I, I went to go and see one of my doctors not long, long ago for wow. something else. And he just... He's known me since I was 10, I think. Um, and he said to me, he was like, I'm so glad you've grown up to be like so aware <laughs> and um, and just responsible. Like yeah. there's so many people who just wouldn't um, wouldn't have done that and they would have just like yeah. let their condition deteriorate them. And, you know, I think never, you know, like just, you ha- it is a constant, like you have to adjust and do different things. Yeah. And, you know, but there's a little bit of an element of like, you know striving through and challenging yourself and <laughs> yeah definitely like that's like one of the big how did you build your confidence in <laughs> tell look, me your story uh, <laughs> are you just asking no this is my podcast <laughs> you're not allowed to ask these questions <laughs> um i think like in terms of <laughs> i'm very fit on the spot i don't know what to say <laughs> um i think in terms of my confidence when i was younger a lot of it was I very low to develop on social skills. Yeah. So it was a lot of fighting the opportunities. And I think now knowing a lot of my confidence actually came out in my mid-20s. Mm. And now to I'm like 29. Yeah. And to just like, hey, I don't give a shit what everyone <laughs> else thinks. It's like, as long as I'm happy and, you know, I got friends, I really couldn't. Because I think... Um, there's so much... Like, I remember when I was like, um, you know, probably like 20... And I started talking about like mental health issues with one of my friends and I was starting to think, okay, maybe I have something. And then, mm. you know, later in life, I discovered I did. <laughs> yeah. um, and, uh, but I also, you know, did a bit of research into ADHD and they, that can also lead to, you know, depression and anxiety and stuff yeah. like that. So it was just like little things. And the more you learn, the more actually you think you gain confidence. And I think it's yeah. that thing. It's because it's you're filling your brain with knowledge and you're going, okay, I can own this. This is yeah. all me. So yeah. do what that will. Um, yeah, I think the power of having a label is quite nice as well because it's like this is a tangible thing that exists and I can like categorize that. I don't know. This is just how my brain works. But it's like when you have a label for something, it's like, okay, I can put this in a box in this specific spot in my brain and we can work with it. Like, let's go do this. Like, it's yeah. not me as a person being just like yeah, really lazy and tired. Oh, no, that's actually chronic fatigue. Uh, yeah. Like, <laughs> And I think it's also like um, one thing that I definitely don't go up to people and be like, hi, I'm Martin. I have ADHD yeah. and I used to have epilepsy, you know, just like nice yeah. to meet you. Like you don't do that when you have any condition. Like no. I don't I don't expect you to be, you know, walk up to everyone and be like, well, I've got pots and, you know. Um, like, yeah. No. Do you want to hear about this crazy condition I got? I yeah. Um, like I think it's only, it's only the kind of thing of like, I think our society where we feel like sometimes we need to give that explanation or mm. we need to give someone the validation <laughs> yeah. that they, um, they, <sighs> and I think that's what pisses me off a little bit about um, everything. And I think going, you know, this is like my two cents of kind of that er- everything in terms of creative stuff though. Um, how did you kind of like push that mindset out of people? How do you like, I think find the right people you want to collaborate with where you know they're not like going, oh, you know, I just have to be nice to them. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think, I don't know. I feel like it just kind of 
flows a lot nicer and like a lot of collaborations that I do with people especially photographers it'll be like the first photo shoot um and it's always like the introductions of like ah this is me and blah blah blah. and like if it goes well then we'll probably just organize more but it's always I think that's the leap of faith that you have to have yeah with a disability I guess I don't know I'm so used to just saying yes to things and doing stuff I think that's one of the biggest things that I like to push myself to do is like even if I'm not 100% sure it'll work out like I'll just do it anyway and then see what happens that's like my kind of way of getting myself to actually do things um because like if you get stuck in the anxiety of like oh will it work out like will it go okay what would I think of me like it kind of paralyzes you a little bit so yeah I'm just (laughs) yeah I don't really think about things wow that's a bit impulsive of me but oh well (laughs) safety safety first yeah don't don't do that Uh, all the time i think it's like um yeah that's uh, that's so true as well and i sort of i think in terms of like you know when you i think it was pretty early on as well you didn't really Mm. mention your condition straight away yeah which you know i think i did the research into your instagram and that's how i found out So it wasn't even like you, because we had the initial like, hey, how are you? Kind of, you know, you wanted to do the Doc 2 project. And then it was like, oh, okay, how about you give me, like, we call each other and have a chat. And that's like when I looked up your Instagram. I know. Is what I found out. I was like, oh, okay, let's ask about that. And kind of, do I need to know anything just from a producing perspective? Yeah. um, That you need anything in particular. Yeah. But most of the time you're just like, no, as long as I can get from A to B. Yeah, pretty much. I think Um, that's like my biggest thing is that I kind of self-manage a lot so if I know physically that I can or can't do something like it's pretty much if I can or can't do it I won't apply or I will apply or like I will say yes or I won't say yes like if someone said hey do you want to do a photo shoot where it's a 20 mile hike up to a waterfall I'd be like no no I will say no to that one because I'm not gonna be able to do it but if it's like cityscape then yeah. yeah, of course I'm gonna say yes. Like yeah, and it's and it's always like you know, it's just that mentality that we have, um, that you need mm. is is to know your limits. Yeah. Um. Never. I would never do a twenty mile hike. Yeah. No way. <laughs> it would. It would be only uh, if I was on holiday and I was going there for another purpose. And I was like, you yeah. know what, we can get some photos here while we're there. Like, yeah. But I would never go. You know what? This really extravagant <laughs> long walk. <laughs> That's where we need to go to get the perfect photo. No. Although I, I, I did um, like one of the, you know, the whole mermaid yeah. um, shoot was going to be on a beach in, near Wollongong. So, you know, like yeah. um, that actually wasn't a trek to get to, though. It was yeah. a drive, but, you know, um, it's it's still very kind of like out of the way. Yeah. It's not as simple as just going, let's go to the city and take some photos. Um, but cityscapes are boring. Like, yeah. Come on. Let's, there's some more interesting... Um, interesting things that we could do of course um but yeah i mean, like when did you discover you wanted to be an actor and i guess model um i think when i was okay so you'll love this oh yeah um when i was 13 that was when at school we started doing like plays and musicals and stuff and i'm like oh my goodness this is the best this is so cool um and so nida actually did a like oh i think it was maybe a couple weeks long but a course where it was intro to like screen and film acting 
uh, with a Doctor Who theme. Yeah. <laughs> so what we'd do is we'd like get all these scripts from Doctor Who and just like act them out and do all of the like camera angles ourselves and film it all ourselves as this group of like. Third- do you have these still? I hope not. I think my mum does. <laughs> I need to see them. It's That's amazing. It's absolutely awful, but like in the best way. Um, did you so, play yeah. the doctor in any of them? I did. <gasps> I was the best time of my life. Um, I think, oh, actually, no, being Catherine Tate, that was like, she was, she was my goals. And yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, you know, I, she's a yeah. lot of people's goals. She's Donna pretty Donna Noble. Great. Amazing. I think that was my favorite script I did there. But that was my first, like, kind of intro to actually acting and realizing, like, hey, this is actually a really cool thing and I want to do this. It's so much fun. So, all through high school, I would do, like, drama and musicals and that kind of thing. But then modeling kind of came about um, when when I left school, actually, and started uni. A lot of my friends were photographers. Oh. Um, so like living in Wollongong near the beach, a lot of them would be like, Hey, I need to practice my photography. Meet me here at sunset and just take some cool photos and stuff Yeah, and ended up just building en- enough of a portfolio to apply to agencies. And they're like, yeah, these are cool. All right. You're signed. I'm like, what? Huh? Yeah. Cause they're really good. Some of the photos, like, yeah. Um, I think it's also, you know, you're one of those, um, people who's very like, like concept Mm. Um, a lot more than probably just like your generic. Yes. Here's a shoot, and we just did it. Oh, um, yeah. I think I'm a huge concept person, and I always like. I think I've dived much more into the heavy concepts. Mm. Um, and I think with a lot of my um ideas, is always about harsh lighting or you know weird, yeah. um weird neon lighting. <laughs> I'm I'm very obsessed with neon lighting at the moment. That's so cool. Though. It's so cool. Um. But everything I want to do is always like um, a little bit, you know, different sci-fi or horror or mm. some glamour, you know, but always something a bit different. Yes. And I always hate looking on portfolios where you just see the same kind of stuff. Here's me smiling. Here's me here's, smiling. Here's, here's me, me smiling, but far away. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, okay, cool. That's nice of you to look like you're smiling. Yeah. But, um, you know, and I also think that, you know, I always, I, because predominantly I, I, um, I take photo, um, photos of women. It's mm. sort of like I get that weird, you know. I used to for ages. Now, like my portfolio is a lot better, you know, and it's less, you know, it's more new friends who I'm taking photos of. Yeah. But um, I remember when I started, there was always like yes, no kind of like thing because I was like, well, I kind of don't know any male friends who would mm. be at all interested in photos. Yeah. Like most of my male friends were never interested in getting their photos taken. So I was like, <laughs> yeah. Well, ask my female friends. And so all of them, that's how that kind of started out. And I was like, okay, well, I'm used to hanging out with girls. So why don't I just keep working with women? And it kind of just built up from there. But I do get occasionally like people kind of saying weird comments on the comment section. You're like still like, or you'll get the uh, advertisements where they just oh. go, this is great. Would you like to subscribe to it? And I'm like, no. <laughs> DM us on yeah, this I know. account. And I'm like, no. No. No, no, no. Thank you. Um, so a lot of the a lot of the time you kind of occasionally get weird comments. But mm. also, you know, I've, to most of my female friends who I've spoken to, they get what weirder comments yeah. than I do. <laughs> like, how is that? Do anyone, Do you get weird comments on your social media platforms? Oh, not too many. I'm 
so many of those like scam ones where it's yeah. like DM us on our main page and we'll scout you and blah blah blah. Oh god. Like, we'll send you some free clothes and it's like free in quotation marks. And I like, okay, no. Yeah, and no. free in quotation marks. Which one would you like to buy? None, None. of them. <laughs> no. So the word free means I don't pay for it at all. Mm. Yeah, no, it's a bit I think those are the biggest Instagram ones, but yeah. I don't actually get that many weird comments. Like, oh, that's good. From real people, not from just like bots. Yeah, I know um, a lot. Like, I know some people get like foot comments. And stuff. Oh. That's a, that's a, that's always I think the weirdest one. Where it's like, oh, can I get a photo of your feet? <laughs> like, um, I remember when um I think it was OnlyFans became quite a big uh, yeah. deal, and I know personally, um, like a, I follow a couple of people on Instagram who are photographers and or models and they do use OnlyFans for like side work. Yeah. And I remember doing a research into like being like, okay, well, YouTube will probably have a video on OnlyFans and kind yeah. of like give me a little bit more explanation of what entirely <laughs> yeah. people use it for, not just like, and clearly it can't just be sex related stuff. Mm. Um, and no, there was one girl who literally like her and her partner would just take photos of her feet and people would subscribe <laughs> to them. Oh, like... Okay then, like that's amazing. Though. But she made like a grand oh in a God. week, oh just from people looking at her feet. And I was like, well, if that's your side hustle, yeah. I really cannot complain. She found her niche. Yeah, I know. Like, <laughs> apparently her feet. Um, <laughs> but her partner would just cack at the idea that people were just obsessed with her feet. And I was like, yeah, oh, it's a bit strange, but you know, mm. everyone has their. You know, like, and that is a kink. Like, yeah. p- people are, you know, not shaming people who like feet. But when you're subscribing to a platform, I think it's a little bit like, I don't know. I, it's not me. <laughs> it's not me. And I don't object. You know, I think only, I think actually OnlyFans is a much safer mm. platform than most. Yeah. I will say that because it actually sounds pretty legit in yeah. the way it's being serviced and it's very open that like yeah it's a sex work platform that's what it is yeah like, it started out as that because yeah. i think it like actually came out of covid yeah basically as an idea for people who can't do and anyone who uses it look you know it's actually probably a huge relief for people who actually were sex workers yeah. and then they don't have to actually go to work Woo. and they consistently have sex with random people <laughs> they're just like well now i can do this at the safety of my own home and not see anyone Honestly, it sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that's like, you know, the whole platform of like mm. everything now. Um, have you ever, actually, this is a great one though. Have you ever had your face stolen by other accounts? You know, that scary thing where everyone like has dodge accounts and someone's pretends to be them. I don't know. I don't think so. Well, now I'm like paranoid. Have I? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Oh. <laughs> um, because I've seen that happen a couple of times where yeah. I've seen friends family members have accounts duplicated of yeah. them and and be like i'm this girl and i'm this. and they're just like please report this person because they're using yeah i have m- seen that a bit too it's actually quite terrifying yeah um because like especially in the day and age of social media where it's so open like people's workplaces can see what you post on social yeah. media and i know like a lot of friends have been fired for things that they've posted and like things that they've said that's not in line with like company stuff like pretty risque stuff yeah um and it's like i mean i said on episode one i said fuck the liberals and i probably uh, shouldn't have but anyway fuck the liberals i mean you're not wrong um (laughs) um, but i do agree there's there's a difference between having an opinion and having a an opinion yeah 
And um, yeah, I I know people who slag work on their Facebooks and yeah. stuff like that. And I'm like, why? Why yeah. are you doing this? People like, who are underage with like open bottles of alcohol in their hand. And like, you do realize posting that picture, like anyone could just set, like report you to the police. Like yeah. that's, don't do that. That's so dumb. Um. I think I think that that's that's the risk of social media. Like yeah. that is the huge risk that people take. Yeah. And you know that goes to the other side of the coin which is a lot of people don't think about what they say yes. or post. Yep. Um not not to say that uh you know, I don't have transparency or anything, but I you know mm. every you know with the podcast as well, I always have to be like you know what what opinion and you know is going to happen, and you know, yeah. like, and you've got to be a little bit conscientious of having an an opinion in general. <laughs> yeah. But I, I mean, also like the, the other side of the coin is it's is the things we do, where it's just, it, it, you know, we are human and we make mistakes, and you know, people in forums and stuff write constantly about everyone's yeah. mistakes, whether it's kind or not. Um, so there is a little bit of the other side of the coin where you should have an opinion regardless of the consequences. Yeah. I do get both sides, <laughs> but. I don't think both sides are always great either. Yeah, there's always context that can that goes behind it that you kind of need. Like, yeah. hey, be saying open like hate speech on your platforms probably not the best idea. And it's yeah. like keeping in mind you can say things, but your actions still have consequences. Yeah, like that's the thing that people, well, that I guess a lot of people my age don't really think about is that like, yeah, you can rant about your boss on your Facebook page and tell him how much of a shithead he is. But the consequences of that are your boss might see that and might fire you. Like, yeah, it's uh. all balancing that. And I think it's also like message your friends about that. Yeah, sure. Yeah, like- I've, I've bitched, I've bitched <laughs> exactly. about stuff that was work related before and, you know, um, to friends. Mm. But it's always been when I've had a bad day and it's never like a personal yeah. attack. It's always just that situation irritated me and they're uh, yeah. um but I think, yeah, a lot of people go and write every woe. Of, like, this is the thing. This is why I yeah. only post trailers yeah. and or interviews. <laughs> I, 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 like, I, I just think that also it's the same with my Instagram, mm. like social media. It has to be happy. It yeah. has to be what I'm enjoying. Because if I start writing about, woe is my life and everything, and just like, shut, yeah. the, shut the fuck up, <laughs> like, to myself. <laughs> um, is, do you feel the same, like, a little bit, like, just because you you're also one of those people who doesn't post a lot on Facebook. Yeah. About. I don't, I really use Facebook. I think, I think, like, the occasional profile picture update and then, if anything, like, important, is on there I'll share it or whatever but I'm not really one to post on Facebook because it's all the middle-aged like boomer memes I don't fit in there I'm sorry (laughs) well Um, I am too young for this audience (laughs) um no Instagram's really my where I'm most active you spend a lot of time I do um but I think yeah like I like creating my feed is to like an aesthetic kind of way it's not the 100% like transparent my life every single second of my day is on there it's more like this is kind of the stuff that I'm interested and I want to show people that I'm doing yeah it's not like this is an accurate representation of 100% of my personality on here yeah so I think that's like the hardest thing is that like we see people's highlight reels like they'll see my highlight reels and I think 
it's kind of negative if it's, you're always comparing yourself to other people because it's like, oh, their life is so good and mine's shit. And it's like, well, no, their highlight reel is so good. It's not their actual yeah. life. I think yeah. I, many years ago I did one as a tribute to 2011. Yeah. And it was like this music to Florence and the Machine. And I sent it to a bunch of people when, like, at, yeah, I think at the beginning of 2012, and they were all like, man, you, your life's way better than mine. <laughs> I was like, no, this is just every good moment I caught yeah, on camera. exactly. Um, and I think that people don't realise that everything is made of good and bad moments. Like, mm. you need the bad moments to counteract the good moments. So it's yeah. like, you know, it's that famous Matt Smith yeah. line from um, Vincent and the Doctor, oh, it's, it's, it. which is a beautiful speech. But it's so true. Like, um in the way we function as people, everyone thinks we're trying to compare each other yeah. on social media. Like, and I think the best thing about being, you know, this is this is especially why it's like I don't want to compare myself to someone else anymore. Yeah, I want to live my life, yeah, my way, and you know, interact with people. And um, I think also for me, I used to be um, it was a couple of years ago. I used to try and appease other people. Mm. I was very much a people pleaser. Now I'm not. I'm like good. <laughs> yeah, I know, but it took me a long time to get there and be like, you know, you know, learn that in your late twenties. But I think it was also you have to go to the ability of just fuck that person if they're toxic. Yep. Leave them. Yes. You know, that's just the rule. And also, sorry to anyone who just goes life's tough. I, you know, when constantly things are changing. Sorry, but life changes. Mm. There's like the whole um. The whole thing of the world, you know, yes, you got to have patience. Yes, you got to learn new things. But also, the good thing about life is it keeps changing. It keeps throwing new things at you. And I think that, yeah. like, the dumb thing where everyone went in this pandemic was everyone was like, life's over and everything's done. And I was like, no, you just have to adapt. Yeah. Like, um, you can still see your friends just on Zoom or, yeah. like, talk to them on the phone. I think it's like everyone forgot how to <laughs> how we used to live yeah and um it actually wasn't even long ago when the spanish flu was around yeah and that killed so many people and that was a two-year pandemic yep. um that went around and you know we were in the middle of a war and we were actually a lot less people on the planet as well mm -hmm. um so like i think that we are in a very i don't know fortunate position with social media but also mm. to dis you know you know with technology we can zoom as you say yeah do you think that's brought us closer together or kind of like weirdly disconnected us through social media as well? I feel like it's a bit of both. I have a very different perspective, I guess, because I'm like someone who's stuck at home a lot anyway. Yeah. Like a lot of people with chronic illnesses, we don't go out. Like I, yeah. it's very rare for me to actually physically go to a party with people like I think even before the pandemic, I just would stay home a lot. So my method of communication, like I have a lot of online friends. I play games online on like talking on Discord and that's pretty oh, normal. Great. That's pretty normal for me. So like having Zoom as well was great because now it's like, ooh, video calls are cool again. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, I kind of appreciate it a lot. I can see where it's not great for people that love spending personal time with other people, but... I'm kind of glad that it's more normal now. Like a lot of work things are just like <laughs> the classic, this could have been said in an email. It is just said in an email now. Like there aren't meetings. Yeah. And 
Like, I just don't think people read emails, is to be honest. <laughs> the amount of questions I get asked every time I send out an email and they go, oh, I didn't get this little bit. Um, read the email. Read the email. I, I said everything in the email. Yeah. And they still come and go, so what were you wanting? No, no. You, did you read the email? Like, you know, I sent about 100 documents. Like, yeah. Please. Um, it's so true. And I think that that's, I, yeah, there's a lot of people who just, I feel, dropped off because they didn't yeah. want to attempt that or they didn't want to stay connected or definitely um it gets you have to get used to it too yeah because i mean like when i was isolated as a teenager like that's when i kind of discovered like gaming and wow i can actually talk to my friends every day through video games yeah so i was even when the pandemic hit i'm so used to talking to people online that it wasn't really much of a change for me um but like for someone where it is a big change, like you've got to adjust, you've got to be able to like reframe your mindset, which isn't easy. Like it's not no an easy thing. And I think also people don't realize how fortunate they are, <laughs> yeah. which, um, you know, I remember particularly when um, uh, my anxiety was bad a few years back, I used to mm. not want to go out. Like mm. it was just kind of like, um, but I remember, you know, saying that nowadays when you, you, you say that, oh, I can't come out because you know, I'm too tired or, you know, um, today's not the good day. Yeah. It's a lot more acceptable than it probably would have been 10 years ago where everyone's like, well, you, it doesn't matter if you have a chronic disability or anything like that. You're coming out. Like (laughs) you could be dying and I don't give a shit. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, that used to be the mentality, but it's not anymore. Um, Do you, does that feel like, you know, people are in a much better, you know, understanding of that? Or do you think there's still a little bit? I feel like, it's quite good because the people I surround myself with, they know all of my health like conditions. They know yeah. why I say no to things and they still invite me, which is like the best thing ever. Like, please, if you have a friend that's like struggling, just invite them. Even if they say no to every single invite, just keep inviting them because it's really heartwarming. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's definitely the people that you surround yourself with that changes. Like all of my high school friends, they watched me like all through diagnosis all through my hospital crap like they kind of just get it yeah um it's not that mentality of like oh you're not you're just not trying hard enough or like you, you don't want to be my friend oh, I oh can it. i uh, those people can get fucked yes exactly like um, go away i think that's a lot of like i remember oh this is you know, this it always is a bit of a challenge, and I remember, like, um, you know, that my favorite quote is "Stop being anxious" or "Stop being so anxious." And it's, <laughs> I don't, I, I'm just like, well, you know, stop being an ass. Like, you know, yeah. it's like, I think when you're, you know, this is the thing when anything is quite challenging for someone, mm. don't say stop. Like, yeah. just let it go because. It will fade. They're just in a bad headspace or they're in yeah. a bad situation, you know. And I think I've always had that much better understanding of just letting people kind of like, you know, have a day off or, you know, like, yeah. I, th- uh, you know, whenever, you know, I'm a workaholic as well, so <laughs> yeah. I do a lot of things. Um, but a lot of the time also with that comes, you know, um, just understanding that when people need to take a break. And I always also... When people say no or I can't do it or something, I always think it's the, you know, just explain to me mm. what's going on because I'm not going to get offended or anything. I just yeah. having an understanding of what's happening, 
I think it's all. I think it's actually way more, you know, unprofessional or anything when I have no explanation. Yeah. And I just like, well, the you know, the abyss is like, what? Do you just hate me now or something? <laughs> because then, then thought still does run through my mind. Yeah. Like I've had people drop out of shoots and stuff like before, mm. and you know, still do to this day. But when everyone gives me an explanation of this has happened and mm. I just can't do it anymore, I'm like, cool, no worries. And it's like not. Yeah. twice of it. I know that was a massive thing for me because it always felt like whenever I'd say no to people, like I used to burn myself out so quickly because I'd have like maybe two different things like two days in a row and then I'd be like, "Oh, I can't say no to both of them because then like they'll think I'm weak or like they'll hate me and so I'd go to both and then be sick for like two weeks after and it's oh, like, yeah. why didn't that was so dumb. That's the dumbest thing ever. And I think being able to like I guess it's a confidence thing, you know, like being able to be open about your life and without embarrassment, without that like fear of people just shutting you out, I guess. It's a big hurdle to get over, but when you do, it's like so freeing to just say like, yeah, you know what? I'm really tired today and I'm not feeling too well. So nope, not going to be there. And that's fine. I think Mm. um, I've, think also now that mentality is changing it's really because of not just the pandemic but i think it's just it's shifting definitely um but yeah like i think last year you know um god no it was the year before last 2019 was not a good year yeah. but 2020 was like started off very slow and so my mental health was not great mm. and i remember i had to cancel a couple of things and be like i just can't do it and even every time yeah. i'm like you know, I always know that people are very understanding because they just go, I hope you're well. Mm. Like, just just be well. Yeah. Um, and they know, like, that you can't do it and, you know, everything like that. So I think that's a much better, you know, understanding. And I remember, like, I had a falling out with one person I was going to work with. Mm-hmm. And it was mostly because, um, you know, they weren't very understanding where I was coming from. And mm. I think that, like, also kind of hit a little bit of a, a snag for me. Yeah. Was it was just very much... Um, but I also realized at the time that it's like their mental health is also really bad. Like this person's mental health is really bad and it's yeah. not at a point where they are also comprehending entirely, I think, of what they're saying. Yeah. And I think that was kind of what hit me. And that's yeah. not an arrogant thing to say. That's just I feel like the truth because this person was like, I got frustrated because they weren't listening. And yeah. that's when I was like, okay, well, they clearly <laughs> they think I'm being an ass. Yeah when I'm trying to understand what's going on. And and, and the, the moment when two people have, like, issues or anything like that, mm. it's generally down to just some person freaking out and some the other person trying to understand, but the person freaking out goes, I don't want you to understand me because I need <gasps> uh, to be alone and, you know, and simmer. And classic. I think that's also a mental health thing. Like, that's entirely yeah. because the way we treat anything, in, you know, in terms of, disability stuff is you're self-sufficient yeah and good in bad ways mm-hmm. um and sometimes you do need help which is like in terms of mental health yes do seek help do take medication for it if you need it and you know do talk to do see therapists yeah. like they are really useful um that's why they're there and I think that every time i work with someone and they go oh you know like I've got these conditions and I'm like, first kind of thought I have is, have you done anything about them? Mm. Because that's not a kind of like, you should, it's just, then I know where you are in terms of your own health. Yes. Because then I can gauge on how I have to work with you. (laughs) It's not a bad thing, but it it does happen because if someone's actively doing something and they're helping themselves, 
you're off on a better path yep. to work with someone than someone who's necessarily done nothing to help themselves. Yep. Um, what, how do you feel like that when you meet people who clearly haven't helped <sighs> themselves? I feel like compassion is always <laughs> the best option. I'm so glad you started with the word compassion. I know. It's like, because I've been there. Like, yeah. I, I know what it's like to struggle with something and be totally in denial that you're struggling. And like, because as much with physical health as with mental health as well, it's like you always want to be strong and you don't want to admit that you have a problem. Yeah. I know that's what it was like for me. Like I never wanted to ask for help because then it was like, well, that's like just admitting weakness. And it's like, well, no, it's just asking for help so that you can get better. Like, yeah, it's not anything as fear inducing as you think it is. Uh, like I always was just scared of that. Um, but yeah, then you do get help and then it gets better and it's like, whoa, crazy. How did that happen? I don't, how bizarre. <laughs> it's amazing. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, so I don't know. I just, it's frustrating, but you can always treat someone with compassion. Yeah. Like, and you, yeah, learning the boundary between like how much you can help someone is also a good thing to have in your head like you can always point someone in the direction of getting help you can always show someone like here are yeah. your options but you can't force anyone to do anything no like you can't force someone to go to the doctor and get better like that's just life i guess no and i think it took me to actively do anything about my mental health uh two really bad relationships so <laughs> yeah um, so, you know, and I didn't even do anything about it really. I started seeing a therapist and then it was not until I think after my last relationship would ended in 2019 that I, um, really was like, you know what? <laughs> Medication, like will probably yes. make this 10 times better. And oh, it did. Yeah. But I think that was a huge period of my time where I was like, once I remember having to not take, you know, Ritalin anymore, mm -hmm. which does, um, the way Ritalin works is it kind of refines how your brain chemistry works. So everything mm. comes like a bit more focused and you get just a little bit more easier to process information. And I remember though, I was like, I didn't want to be defined by my medication at the time. Because yeah. I was 18, 19, I was really kind of insecure about everything. So I was like, I don't want to be defined by like <laughs> these conditions. Now, I'm so like happy to go back on medication and do all yeah. these things because... For me, it's the understanding of like, oh, this is just part of who I am. Mm. This is entirely fine. Mm -hmm. um, it's, yeah, it's, you can't tell anyone that, you know, these people need to make their own journey. Yeah. But it, it's still kind of like, I want to tell you to like do something about it. Because there's also that little bit of you going, I can't take all your burdens. Yes. And like, I can only do so much mm -hmm. before I will stop caring yeah. if you haven't done anything and i think that's also like people have not to say this rudely but people <laughs> yeah. do have expiry dates like yeah. they just their tolerance has expiry dates yeah and if you haven't done actively anything about it they will that will grind on them until they don't care anymore yep um because you keep saying it and yeah well, a relationship is two ways like mm. if you've got one person putting in heaps of effort and one doing literally nothing like that's not feasible it's not going to work out so, I mean, people think it does, though. Yeah, people think it does, but it doesn't. Um, <laughs> I, I, and I think also, like, um, this, is, this is also the thing that I think people don't understand about relationships, which is actually quite a lot of people don't understand about relationships, yeah. is 
you've got to understand boundaries and compromises yes. and just boundaries. When someone says no in a relationship, doesn't matter if you're a friend or you know anything like that, respect that no mm-hmm. and respect that, you know, what they say. Because the moment you don't, that's not going to work. Like, yeah. Um, and, and don't try and force anything. Don't try and force things to happen or say that this person isn't doing enough. Like, don't bring negativity, I think, also very early on into it. Yeah. Because it's always about learning. Yeah. It's always about how to make things nice. And sometimes also the simplest things are the best things. Yes. Just- My favorite thing communication yeah like it's so like i uh, just communicate but no like legit it's, if you have a problem tell the person you have a problem and then you might be able to fix it Whoa, yeah shocker I, but a lot of people don't know how to do and i think yeah. that's also though a level of comfortability yes like my current partner um she and i feel absolutely comfortable together so it's like talking to her is like woo, you yeah. know i have a free opinion and um <laughs> so does she and and we're very blasé and we yeah <laughs> with each other so i think that also really helps us kind of go oh okay i'm not afraid of what you know anything because we're just so open yeah um but i remember also like in in saying that there, a lot of people who i i remember all the previous relationships i had i suddenly felt like i got to a point mm. where i was like should i tell them that because i feel like they're gonna judge that mm. and i think this is the first time i've dated somewhere where i'm like oh no i d- do photography and i do all these things and yeah. they go cool but you're not you know that I'm not jealous of any of these people that you see. It's like, yeah. no, because I have a lot of female friends. Like, I think that took me yes. so long to find someone who was comfortable with that. That That's a very different, like, kettle of fish where it's like, you know, just to you. Be yeah, happy. for sure. Like, then I think also in our creative field is very much like having someone, a partner who is comfortable mm-hmm. with you doing things that might seem like other people out externally might go, yeah, that's a bit strange. <laughs> Is it though? In, yeah. our, in our line of work, is it? I don't know. With my partner, especially, like, we're both very open with each other. Like, we talk about everything, which um, is great. Yes, it's the best. I feel like. I kind of want to meet him because he sounds so nice. Oh, yeah. He's a big nerd. You'll love him. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, like, everything is so open and it kind of creates this security because you know, like, you don't know what the other person is thinking, but they they want to tell you what they're thinking. Like, you know, there's not really anything hidden there. Yeah. So it's like, well, I know that my relationship with him is like 100% right now. He, yeah. He knows the same about me. So anything that I do outside, it's like, well, I know that that's 100%. So I can just do whatever and it's fine. Yeah. And I think that's a lot, uh, you know, that's just also when you put trust in someone, you know, like the trust of them not to cheat on you or anything mm. like that. Most of the time, when you're in relationships, you know very early on if there's anything <laughs> sussed about it. Yeah. Like, you know pretty much straight away. And if that person says, you know what, you're the only one who I, you know, want to see and spend time with. Yeah. It's a good sign that they, you know, have no interest in anyone else. It's just <laughs> real communication. And it, it's like, before anything happened with me and my current partner, I was talking to someone else mm. who was interested in me. And I was like, mm-hmm. you know, like bit of floating back and forth and stuff like that. But I remember the f- moment, you know, we got together, I was just like, no, nah, that's getting severed. Not in a bad way. I was like, I still want to be friends with this person. Like, they seem cool. Yeah. But I was like, I, I immediately was like, look, this is not going to turn into anything more than this. Yeah. Like, as in friends, and that is all it's going to be. And if you're okay with that, cool. If you're not, fair enough. 
but I don't want to like drag you along and yeah. you know mislead you or anything like that, and just be aware that I, you know, this is my boundaries. And I think for like my in terms of confidence now as well, that's a very yeah. different me because there would have been a period of time where I would have been like so sheltered and be a little bit like, oh, I don't want people to hate me. And it's like, yeah. well, nowadays, don't give a shit. Like, yeah. if you don't want to be friends with me because I'm dating someone. That's on you. Like, yeah. Like, <laughs> um, so yeah, it's a very, like, I think or, or in our creative field, that's also like, I, I basically say everything quite straight up as now mm. versus like, I'm like, oh, I do photography and I do this and I do that. And like, most of my, yeah. like, majority of my friends are girls. So, you know, like, yeah. deal with that. Like, just deal with it. I, know, <laughs> if I, you don't... I feel like there's this misconception because you see a lot of, um, like, I guess, relationships from, in Hollywood or something, they started on this movie set. And I think people don't realise that's not what it's like. Like, if I have a co-star that is my husband in the film, it's like, uh, they're not my husband in real life. Like, no. <laughs> like, Neil Patrick Harris isn't straight. He's gay and married. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like, that's that's the thing. All these celebrities, everyone's like, oh, you know, they're just... Yeah. Must be married to these. And it's like, well, no, I'm nothing like that yeah. character in that film. And to be, like, an actor... You can act. It's it's acting. Yeah. <laughs> like it's not real. When I'm like, oh, I love you so much. To the in like as in character. Yes. To the other character. I I think that's this is why we you know we do stuff like this to challenge ourselves and a lot of the time to just see if we can portray other people. Yeah. And that's half the fun. But it has nothing apart from in the scene. Yeah. any connection to us yeah it's just kind of like having fun and playing in a scene yeah and that is all it is and people take this as very true facts <laughs> yeah <and it's> like <laughs> no no not um, quite you know, I don't believe that um, you know any of the Marvel superheroes or DC superheroes <laughs> have superpowers. Like, I don't think actually they do. I think it's a lot yeah. of grueling hours on a set, and they're just going, "I've got to remember this line and this <sighs> line, and you know, th- this is my life for the next like three months." Yeah. Um, that is, you know, I don't think that. You know, Doctor Who is a great example. I don't think there's an alien traveling around time no. and space doing, you know half of what they do, but I love the fact that they get to play all these characters and, yeah. you know, end up doing half the cool stuff that they do in um, in fan stuff as well. So it's just, you know, th- these things are a craft. Yeah. And also people watch them for entertainment. So, yeah. <laughs> which is really funny if you think about it because, like, uh, just the way we, like, watch loving people play pretend and we also enjoy being a part of that play pretend. Yeah. Um kind of style but people take it as their world it's escapism i think that's where it goes down to it is escapism you're yeah. kind of observing and like diving headfirst into this world yeah. but people get so attached to their characters yeah. that they stop believing you're the characters and you're like no oh that's like all these things that i say um joffrey from game of thrones like the actor who plays him i don't remember his name but he said he had a really hard time finding roles that weren't like the bad guy afterwards because everyone hated him so much when he was Joffrey yeah. in Game of Thrones. So now they can only attach that image of like that man is a villain. Yeah. In their brain. I think um Tom Felton, who played um, Draco Malfoy, took yeah. a while yeah. to get into other roles. 
And he's done some indie films and stuff as well mm. to kind of break away from that. And I think that's also kind of like the respect I have for a lot of those craft people. They've gone, yeah. you know what? The mainstream's not going to let me do it. <laughs> indie world will, though, so I'm going to go yeah. for here. And what's your thoughts on mainstream versus indie? Like, what do you uh, vibe more? I guess vibe more. Definitely. I love indie because I feel like there's a lot more leeway with what you can actually do. Yeah. Like mainstream, it's so commercialized. And to do those big budget features, you have to have sponsors. Like you have to have businesses that will back your idea to get it funded. So it has to be something that's very like, you know, people will consume it. Yeah. So like, you know that it's going to get watched in the cinema, that you're going to make back the 500 million that you spent producing it. So like, yeah, I'm not the biggest fan of mainstream at the moment just because it's so commercialized um but indie i love it in the fact that like you can just do anything because a lot of these micro budget features are like independently done independently produced independently written and it's so cool seeing all these different perspectives out there how do you kind of like navigate the the socials to know who's like legit and who's not normally it's about the like i always do a bit of a deep dive into someone's social media because you can tell i'm wondering what you found out about me oh look nothing too incriminating don't worry (laughs) Um, everything (laughs) it likes dr who he's like nine one one hello (laughs) no like normally people who have a pretty good presence on social media are just normal people like someone who definitely likes the art of it like generally yeah. they're pretty okay like i haven't encountered anyone yet that it's a bit dodgy it's a bit like yeah but you know like just in safety precautions it's always like we'll meet them in a public place and yeah like especially as a model it's you get that culture of like people just sexualizing you to take photos and then like that's it it's ugh. i it, mm. yeah Yes. Um, <laughs> like gratuitous sexualization yeah. that has no like artistic backing. It's a bit... I, <sighs> yeah. I really hate that. Mm. And generally it's also because I preferred everything like kind of like that, you know, waist sort of like top torso upwards and everything yeah. when I do shoots. But also like I just find it... I find, like, it's just more interesting when, yeah, you can capture this glamour side and everything, but you also capture this other hint of something in between. And, yeah. Um, and I think the only t- ever time would ever to be, like, nudity is, like, the mermaid stuff, where it's, mm. it's literally about the beauty and the elegance. Yeah. Like, it has an artistic backing. It has a reason. Yeah. It's not just, like, ha, 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 I want to see naked women. Uh. <laughs> Can I just say, that is my favorite. <laughs> I'm getting that on loop, just like, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> Amazing. Um, but yeah. it's it's so true. And I think it's it's the whole, um, for me as well, getting that trust. Um, yeah. Like I do a photo shoot tomorrow with, mm-hmm. um, you know, God, this will get released well after this, these <laughs> photos do. Um, but yeah, I do a photo shoot tomorrow. And I remember the friend who are, um, had asked me, Mm. And she approached me and was like, hey, do you want to do this? And I was like, yeah, cool. Like, yeah. Th- this is something I haven't done before. It's, um, you know, like kind of like not a really lingerie kind of thing. It's a little bit that, but it also yeah. kind of like glamour. And she was like, well, we can do like horror based as well. And I was like, cool. Okay. Yeah. That's the comfort zone I know. <laughs> yeah. So let's let's also move <laughs> into that. that. Um, but I was like, cool. And I mentioned it to makeup artists who I normally work with. And she was like, this sounds cool. And I was like, yeah, it's something that we haven't done before. Mm. Would you like to give it a try? 
And so we're doing that tomorrow and it's just kind of like, you know, a fun thing to, but this space is just the three of us. So yeah. it's like everyone's there. It's like all witnesses and we're just kind of like, and, and I think it's always like the thing when you people think that you're taking something sexy or like I'm doing yeah. this in quotations and everything. Yeah. But I think it's like you're actually setting up lights and you're going, <laughs> I, how does that look? And you're actually really thinking about it technically. Yeah. You are not switched on to anything other than no. the technical aspect. <laughs> You're like, hey, am I standing okay? Does this look fine? And I'm just like, when you look at the final product, you go, okay, that was good. Like, yeah. that's really nice. Everyone just goes, yeah. Like, it does look nice. And it's like, yeah, this is why it's art, because it's just a lot of thinking and technical knowledge. Yeah. Um, You're very conscious of, like, everything that's going on to, yeah. make, to make a good image. Like, it's not so much of, like, ah, I'm trying to be sexy. It's like, oh, does this pose actually translate well in a camera? And nine times out of ten, it does no. not. <laughs> it just looks, like, really oh, awkward. Like, really, like, strange. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I think there's, like... I don't know. It's just, it's so funny when you hear all these conversations where people just want to do these things. And I'm yeah. like, just work basics before you do that. Like much, like it's just complications. Yes. And a lot of it is just not as fun as you think. No. Like a lot of it is just standing around waiting for the cameras to get ready and yep. then go, yeah, we're shooting this. Um, but yeah, it is a lot of, um, you know, having you know you just gotta also have fun with it yeah you gotta have that like vibe where you're going this is art this is everything is just as long as it's a safe space yeah which i also stress to people yes. make sure you have a safe <laughs> make, communication it goes back to the communication part communicate mm -hmm. with everyone what your intentions are yeah and always say honestly what those intentions are yep. don't mislead people um, and if someone goes, hey, you know, I always say to people, if you're not comfortable with something on the day, let me know. Because I am okay for everything to change yeah. on the day, depending on your comfortability. Because yep. people change their minds and things happen. Yep. Um, I don't know. This, it's it's yeah. a long debate where I, I constantly have like in a kind of just – there used to be a very worrying thing, I think, back in the when I was younger. I was like, oh, God, you know, used to be really worried about what people <laughs> thought. But now I just go – no, if you're an ass, don't fucking work with me. I don't yeah. want to see you. <laughs> like, don't be creepy to these people who are literally coming here to have a nice time and do their job. Yep. Yeah, and I think that's at the end of the day, it is people's job to do yes. this. Yes. Like a lot of the people working with, I love working with like professionals where it's like they're expressing their art and it's their job. Like it's their profession. They know it's a workplace. Like yeah. it's not like, oh, this is a fun like, I mean, I love having fun, but the best. <laughs> Who doesn't love having <laughs> No, like the fun bit is just like implied, but especially <laughs> when it's like someone gives you a clear, like, this is what you're doing then. This yeah. is when you show up. This is when hair and makeup will be. This is when we're shooting. This is how we're shooting. This is what we're shooting. Like, here's all the mood boards. Here's everything that you need to know. And let's just go. Like, that's. Yeah my favorite thing when people are organized and do that like that's the best i and i think that's the only way to be is like um you know go in and uh i remember there was one audition this is so this is the only ever audition where i remember someone didn't rock up alone they rocked up with a partner and i don't mind that mm. but i had no like warning of their partner <laughs> being there. so i was a little bit like oh okay yeah. cool there's another body like i have to kind of like you know hello and, uh, hello there but I, you know, that's a standard thing. People rock yeah. up with partners all the time. Um, and I remember just kind of like, 
them being rubbish at communication. I was like, mm. I, I, I felt like that was the only time where I was like, I don't kind of know what to ask you. Yes. And also, I don't know how much your partner is judging <laughs> everything because they have not said a word yeah. at all. And I'm like, that's the only thing where when you're a casting person, you're just kind of like, can one of you say something, please? <laughs> because I'm talking just to myself at this point. So it, 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 it's down to communication. Like, everyone just needs to be like, is it okay if this happens? Because mm. I'd feel safer. No worries. Cool, no worries. Like, I've done um, uh, auditions with um you know kids mm. and their parents rock up um and you know ask me questions and go yep this is the answers and they go cool yep um and they're like i trust you you're fine you seem safe nice and then when you ever meet up and you're just like oh i'm gonna have a one-on-one they tend to be like okay as long as it's in public space and i can be nearby and if mm. they need me it's like cool no worries Yep. that's they're not unreasonable requests yes um so i you know if instantly i know that the internet is full of creeps and it's just yeah. very easy to kind of get into it's such a I, I feel like it's such a topic that i also just think about a lot yeah because i'm i'm so aware i think more <laughs> yeah of it than most guys seem to be mm. i feel like it's that bias where like as soon as you notice something you notice it like everywhere yeah and it's you're like, like oh. um yeah and i just i think it's also like something that I remember experiencing uh, quite a lot during my teenage years. When uh, so this was like a very much there was probably about a nine probably when I was like early twenties. Yeah, this is my like I almost forgot about this until I literally thought of it then. <laughs> um, there was a period of time where you used to because I was making new friends and everything and like becoming closer with some friends. I used to know a lot of female friends. Yeah, and that was when I became close with a lot of them. And guys used to get very jealous of me very quickly because they didn't quite comprehend <laughs> that that was a friendship. Yes. Because to them, it was me being interested in someone. And yeah. it took old guys a long time to work that out. But then they were hoping I was gay. And I was like, <sighs> no. But, <laughs> but that yeah. was kind of also another thing where it was just like, and, um, you know, I came out as um, bi a few years back. And then everyone just kind of went like, oh, okay, cool, cool, you know. Um, but, you know, like, there was a period of time where it probably was about 20 to 23 yeah. where everyone thought I liked these. And it's still kind of to this day, like, have to be like, no, I don't like you. Or, you know, I just want to <laughs> yeah. be friends and, you know. But it's much clearer than it used to be. I think the expectation um, for girls and boys and, you know, anyone really to be friends, mm. whether you're non-binary or however you identify, mm -hmm. to be friends is a lot easier than it used to be where everyone was like oh you you know if you like this person it has to be for romantic reasons and <laughs> yeah um low-key i feel like that's kind of a straight culture thing it it's is like <laughs> so much of a straight culture <laughs> thing um yeah it doesn't it doesn't really happen in the um the lgbt no where do you uh, where do you sit in that whole like um oh i'm bi so. oh there you go yeah so well, welcome to the... Oh, <laughs> when did you realise you were not? Well, I thought I was gay for a really long time. Really? That yes. must have surprised your partner. Oh, uh, yeah. No, my first kiss was with a girl. And Ooh. I'm like, okay, so I like women. That's 100%. That's, a, that's, <laughs> that's sold. Yes. Tick. And then I had a couple of boyfriends just to like kind of see. Were you testing the water? <laughs> yeah. like, All right, I'll dip a toe in. 
see what happens yeah. and then come back. And then the first one was an absolute disaster. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, this is set. And then the second one I was like, all right. And I'm like, okay, I guess men can come into this circle too. All right. <laughs> like, yeah, no, I am actually bi. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, I, I discovered when I was probably about 18, mm. 17, 18, I remember kissing the first... I used to kind of realise I liked guys, but I'd never done anything with guys. Yeah. And then I kissed a guy and I was like, well, that was fun. I'll bury that inside <laughs> myself until I'm comfortable. Deep, deep down. <laughs> until I'm comfortable coming out. And then I did a few years later. But yeah. I remember like, you know, um, being so okay with it now and being like, oh, yeah, bye. You know, don't worry about it. Yeah. Um, so much more. But I think it's very interesting because... You know, you have that kind of like everyone's just like kind of. I think the bi culture is also much more accepting. Yes. It's a very accepting like. Yeah, I feel like it's gone leaps and bounds in the last like 10 years. Yeah. Because I remember being young, I had no idea that like what the B was in LGBT. I just. Oh, yeah. No, like you're either gay or straight. Like. Yeah. And now it's it. like, <laughs> although I do love that, you know, even the gay or straight people, there's still some people who are just like, can't you pick? Yeah. And I'm like, no. <laughs> No. <laughs> no, it's it's not quite that easy. It's um, not how it works. Yeah, and I think um, that's just kind of like you know the whole uh, the same with identifying and mm. you know stuff like that. And I think um, you know it's sort of the questions that I often have, and I've explained to people over the years about. Um, I think you know for me as well, growing up and then not being particularly interested in sex until I was about. 19 mm. i was really late to that whole interest and then even then i wasn't really overly interested i was just like yeah. that's a thing that people do yeah um so yeah it was all these things that i remember being very late kind of to the game on mm. and people going oh, that's weird i'm like what is it <laughs> oh. um, and nowadays no it's just normal like it's just people develop at different points or people are just asexual and you yeah. know, have no interest and also, I think we have a much better understanding of all those spectrums. For sure. Um, than, you know, where we were, <laughs> as you say, 10 years ago. Yeah. I feel like in terms of... <laughs> this is the thing. We've covered, like, everything has been better in the last <laughs> century. <laughs> Pretty like, much. Disabilities, like, you know, sexual yeah. identity. It is just... it's Everything has had a much better understanding of, yeah. like... Um, you know, uh, people having a say. Yeah, we have so much more access to information about it, to, like, people's experiences with yeah. it. Like, it's so much easier to get up on a social media platform and just say, like, hey, here's my experience, and then people watch it and go, oh, my goodness, that's a thing that happens. Wow. And everyone's like, hmm. Wow. Maybe oh, that, is that happened to me as well? How? What? how what? <laughs> let me Let me think hard about this. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's, I think it's really good. And, and I also think that when, you know, and I think it's also really interesting that when you're, the difference with some people who are bi or other people is like you, your comfortability where you sit on how flamboyant or anything, it, you mm. know, like I'm the kind of person who wears jeans and t-shirts and occasionally floral things but i don't i don't like particularly go i need to do certain things to represent that i'm bi or yeah. like more or less it's, you know people will like me whether they like me or not you know yeah. but there isn't like you know i have to wear a bloody badge to be like <laughs> look at me you yeah know, this is clear of who i am um and 
Yeah, I think that's really important nowadays, you know, mm. because I know completely people who are, who are gay, who, mm. uh, you know, people would be like, oh, I thought you were straight. Like, you just wouldn't tell. Yeah. Because that's kind of just where they sit comfortably. Like, yeah. they're just like that kind of relaxation. I feel like that's what a lot of my friends probably think about me too. Because, like, I came, my the high school that I went to was very Christian. Oh. Very I mean, Christian. Like, a lot of my friends couldn't read Harry Potter because it was witchcraft. So that can was I just say, banned in their household. <laughs> That's interesting, actually. Yeah. So I don't, like, I don't really put it at the forefront of, like, yeah. especially when I introduce myself to people and stuff like that. Yeah, um, I don't think I ever walk up to someone and be like, I'm bi and I have epilepsy <laughs> and ADHD. Look, nice to meet yeah. you. Anything else you want to know while you're at it? So here's an itemized list of yeah. everything about me. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, no, I think... I don't start really... doing that, actually. <laughs> yeah, I know. I kind of want to put it on a T-shirt. <laughs> I know, right. Um, but yeah, sorry, you were saying. <laughs> yeah, no, just growing up in that very, like, conservative kind of, like... Yeah. We're not going to say anything because we're loving Christians, but also all gay people go to hell. But we love everyone. <laughs> it's like... But if you're gay... Um, <sighs> hmm. So, yeah, like, it's not really a super forefront of my personality, but I know... <laughs> For a lot of my friends, it is, like, the most empowering thing for them to wear pride flag shirts yeah. and, like, be like, yeah, this is me because, like, maybe I wasn't allowed to do this when I was younger or, like, this is just where I'm most comfortable. I'm like, yes, I, I think, love that. <laughs> I think that's – and it's really down to, you know, just your personality and who yeah. you are. I think that's great yeah. because some people are very open about it. Yeah. And if that's how you want to be, go for it. Um. And then I'm the kind of person who just goes, yeah, it's part of who I am. Yeah. And, you know, I will, I'm much, I, the funny thing is I have a lot more like, you know, the t-shirt I'm currently wearing is a quality bloom <laughs> stuff. So yeah, a lot of the co- clothing I pick is very much um, a little bit feminine, a little bit like mm. all that stuff. But I think that's also just how I feel comfortable dressing. Yeah. Um, and whatever style that is, um, <laughs> is just who I am. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just people... I remember I was like, you know, asked the question by um, someone who was like, how are you so comfortable in your, you know, with who you, you know, being so feminine? And I was like, mm. just because I am. It's just because it's trial and error and everything has now gone, you know what, screw it. Um, mm-hmm. It's very much a fuck it. Oh, yeah. Theme sure. today. <laughs> oh, I think that's like kind of my mantra to myself is to like not give a shit. Yeah. Um, Like, I think. Especially when you grow up being really different. Like I was always a bit quirky. I was a bit weird. And then like especially having a very physical disability. Like I'm that kid in the wheelchair. Like you can spot me out of the crowd pretty easily. And like I had to wear a different uniform at school. Oh, wow. They really made you like feel accepted. (laughs) So anyway, you get this one. Yeah, no, because we weren't allowed to wear pants at my school. Oh, very, how times very, very conservative uh, Christian school. Um, and for someone who faints a lot, I have to put my legs up when I faint. So wearing this, wearing a short skirt is not great. <laughs> so, yeah, because you can, yeah. Yeah, I would wear the sports uniform every day, which was like shorts and a sports polo. And yeah, that's just very different. And for a while it gave me a lot of anxiety. But, you know, like therapy, therapy's a thing did a lot of therapy and now like I've 
really happy I'm in the place where I can just like say fuck it like yeah okay that's your opinion or like I don't even care what your opinion is like <laughs> I'm just gonna do my own thing <laughs> I'm gonna be me and uh that's it yeah pretty much <laughs> it's really fun yeah I recommend Rick <laughs> Just apart from my little like listing is of who we are, like yeah. little identity <laughs> list. We're just like fuck it, people. Yeah. Exactly. Um we don't need to explain to you who we are. <laughs> just to fuck it. Yeah. Um I mean <laughs> I think I think that's you know, just the best way to live life. Yeah. And and therapy, please, if you wanna see a therapist, do it. And you don't have to have a diagnosed problem to need to see a therapist. Yeah. That's like the biggest thing that people don't realise. Like you can just see a therapist, like, if you're having a change in your life or, like, if you break up with someone and you need some tips. Like, you don't have to be super-duper-duper sick or, yeah. like, not be able to get out of bed every single day because you're so depressed. No, like, you don't have to let it get that far. You can go to a therapist. Like, there's no, yeah, there's no like, sickness level that you have to be at. I see my therapist probably every couple of months now. Mm. I used to see her quite regularly, but now I see her every couple of months, and I think that... I'm because of the pandemic, I have it on Zoom now. Yeah. Um, but you know, still then it's an hour where I get to kind of just have a debrief and then yeah. them to give you some advice and you know, use that and yeah and and back and forth. But it's just it's really useful things to kind of compartmentalize yeah. everything in your head and you know, have someone just you know, I, I remember I called Lifeline when I was um in a really bad spot, I called Lifeline and the guy yeah. on the phone was just like just listened, had a great time. It was just like, yeah, do you know, are you okay? Are you safe? Are you fine? I was like, yep. And it was just really nice that I was like, well, I feel really listened to. That's it was good. The best thing. Yeah. And I've never thought anything bad about that. Just that experience. And I think you know, it, it shouldn't be shamed. Yeah. It really, like people who say, well, you need help, and it's like, well, that's what they were doing. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh... it's like. You know, when, uh, this is, yeah, there's a whole, like, p- people's perspective on, like, help. And mm. I think it's that old, like, older generation. I'm just like, oh, you know, I don't understand anything about problems and I'll take this to the grave anyway. Yeah. And it's like, oh, my God, just em- em- emote, communicate. Yeah. Well, I think it's hard for that generation because if you did get, like, diagnosed with anything mental illness related, like, a lot of times you just get locked up. Yeah, like, that's they're true. Just, they just locked Or lobotomy or something like yeah. that. It was just. It's terrifying. Like, no wonder they didn't want to say it out loud. But especially now, like, when therapy is a lot more... not It's not perfectly accessible, but yeah. at least you can go to your GP and you can get a mental health plan and, like... And at the moment, they were doing 20, I think, 20 a year or something like that. Yeah, like, it's pretty decent. It's not perfect, but it's pretty decent. Yeah. So, and I mean, like, look, you know, therapy sessions cost from, like, 100 to 200 bucks, mm. generally, like, depending where you go. And they are worth it, and you get some rebate off it. Mm-hmm. But you know, worth it every time. Yeah, just absolutely. Yeah, you know, I know so many people who go to therapy sessions. Like yeah. so many. Um, in fact, I think like I only probably don't know three people yeah. in my entire friend group who haven't at least seen a therapist at one point in their life. Yeah, well, it's so useful, and it's so like uh, you're always going to come across things in your life that just suck, like. <laughs> Whether it's breaking up with someone or like suddenly you have a new illness that's crazy yeah. or just it's really stressed at work or something like there's always going to be something that is interfering with your life. 
So like getting the skills to be able to deal with it at therapy is like priceless, you know? Because some you... things money can't buy. Exactly. <laughs> you can function or like just maybe communicate better in your relationships. Maybe yeah. deal with workplace stuff a bit easier. Like there's just so many things that it can help you with. That like, Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think that's... Yeah. Just, it's very important. Yes. It's like, I feel like that's a positive note. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Therapy's good. Go to it. <laughs> Go to it. Therapy's wonderful. Yes. Um, I think that'll be a positive note to end on. Yeah. <laughs> We've had a very like in-depth <laughs> conversation about a lot of different things and I've enjoyed every minute of it. Oh, me too. Um, But no, thank you for joining me on this wonderful no, thanks for having me. It's okay, anytime. Um, so, yeah, if everyone wants to tune in next week, I'll have another guest. And, yeah, I will guess I'll speak to you all soon. I'm, like, perspiring and this heat. I'm about to turn the aircon on. Anyway, I'll speak to you later. Bye! Bye!